Dono, I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Canzano's Baldface Truth. Our next guest is billed as the resident sports geek at CBS Sports. He's a band geek, too. I believe he played the clarinet. I think he's. Uh, I think it's three generations of band members. Purdue University band. Is it three generations, Jerry Palm? It's actually two, um, but six of us total from my family have uh, marched in Purdue band. What makes uh, a good my my best my best instrument was bass clarinet. Yeah, um, it's the only one I ever really felt comfortable playing. I have a checkered history with instruments, um, but <laughs> I marched out those sax. You know what's bad is I, I don't know the difference between clarinets. You, do you think poorly of me because of that? Like, I bass, thought there was no, one clarinet. Bass clarinet is bigger, hmm. and okay. it's got low-end sound. I also played contrabass clarinet one year, which weighed more than I did at that time. That's a big I was instrument. Like six, one, six one and 125 my senior year of Purdue. <laughs> The marching band. The band is on the field. I had somebody recently ask, before we get into the college bowl games, which is what you're here to talk about, I had somebody ask me what makes a good band. And I I, I know I texted you, but maybe we can have this conversation just for a second here. Okay. What makes a good college marching band? Um, well, first of all, spirit, because that's their primary job. But when it comes to you know the shows, the shows should be, entertaining, uh, well-played, and well-marched. You know, a, a good drill, but also the execution. You know, you have a good drill, you execute it well, you play well, um, and then, you know, spirit in the stands. Jerry Palm, I have to know your reaction when you saw the college football playoff selection committee emerge, you know, uh, from conclave and uh, – declare that Florida State undefeated was not worthy of being a top-four team. What was your reaction? That's just egregious. It's, uh, I don't know how you leave out a major conference undefeated team. And the excuse has, is the quarterback. But they beat number 14 for their conference championship with their third-string quarterback. So obviously they're resourceful enough to find other ways to win. But this is a committee that decided Texas deserved a second chance, Alabama deserved a second chance, but Florida State didn't deserve a first one, and I can't get that. I just can't. I can't accept that decision as valid. What, what would you um, have that done? Said, I picked Alabama to. I picked Alabama to win the playoff. Now that they're yeah. in, yeah. I mean, well, Florida State's got to be in. I mean, you can't leave. You just can't leave a team like that out. Um, and then that would have knocked out Alabama um, because you can't put them ahead of Texas. But, yeah, Florida State has to be in. And if the quarterback was such a big problem, why didn't they drop him out of the top four before this week? Yes. Yeah, I mean, because the quarterback's been out three weeks, right? So, you know, if it was that big of a problem, why are we waiting till the very end to drop them out? Yeah, Probably because they, they didn't, want the, didn't want the scrutiny <laughs> of that decision until the end. Uh, but, it's no, it's just, I just – I, I would have had a – if I'm on the committee, I would have had a difficult time accepting that decision. Florida State, Georgia, in a Orange Bowl. If Florida State wins that game, do they claim a, a co-national championship? 
if I'm Florida State, I am totally claiming it. Um, that said, I always say this about the non-playoff bowls, all of them. You can't really judge teams and conferences based on what happens in bowl games because of transfers, opt-outs, coaching changes. Nobody plays a bowl game, just a regular bowl game, with the roster that got them there. As the bowls are unfolding, and we're going to get into some of the bigger bowl games in a second, but as it's all unfolding, Oregon on Friday – you know, was knocking on the door, hoping it had a chance to be in the playoff. I think if Oregon wins the game Friday, Jerry, I don't think they get in. I think they're knocked out. You agree with that? No, I think you'd have to put them in. They, they thought that that was the best of the one-loss teams all along. They would have beaten you know, number two or three Washington. I think they're in. Yeah, I think they have Even to with be. an Alabama win, do you think at Texas, they put Texas yeah, behind Oregon? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they still leave Texas behind Oregon, where they had been all along. Jerry, the Duck fans are not happy with Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl. And I've tried to explain. But somebody highest, had to play them. Yeah, somebody has to play them. They're the highest-ranked group of five. They didn't play anybody. They went undefeated. This is the system. Yep. Well, you know, what else yep. do you say to Duck fan? That's it. I'm sorry. Go out and, you know, it's, it, just don't lose that game. Like I just said, teams should not be judged by what they do in bowl games, right? But don't lose that game. You know, that's, I mean, you, you can only play the opponent in front of you. Go out and play the opponent in front of you. And respect that opponent by preparing well to play that game. Speaking of bowl games, Pac-12 championship game loser, Jerry, 0-11 in their subsequent bowl game. They've, it, it, in the uh, modern Pac-12 wow. era, the loser of the that's title a, game. A, yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, I mean, you think you can just walk out once and get one, right? Over <laughs> right. 11. Over 11. Wow. Let's talk semifinals. <laughs> Alabama, Michigan in the Rose Bowl. You like Alabama. I like Alabama. I, I want to know why you like them. I just think that Alabama's offense is more dynamic. Uh, Michigan's a really good team, you know, and their defense is fabulous. But they haven't played anybody like this with the possible exception of Ohio State because Ohio State's got some pretty good offensive weapons um, and, and a really good defense as well. But I, I just I don't trust Jim Harbaugh at this level. I trust him in, in the Big Ten. I don't really trust him at this level. Alabama, the reason I picked Alabama to win it is that when you look at these four teams, Alabama's the one with experience and successful experience in the playoffs. Michigan's has experience, but no success. Washington hasn't been since before anybody involved with the program was in the program. Um, Texas has never been. So I just I like Alabama's experience in this situation. That's why I picked them to win the playoff. Uh, but I think that that's a, it's a really interesting matchup, and that could be a pretty low-scoring game because both those defenses are pretty good. That other semifinal, Texas and Washington, feels like it's going to be a hell of a game in New Orleans. I I like Washington. Yeah. Who do you like? I like Washington. Yeah, I agree. I like Washington. That's a really good team. Um, and I think Washington's defense is better. And, you know, defense wins championships. Both those offenses are explosive. Uh, but I think that if you need somebody to make a stop, I think Washington's more likely to make a stop. But I think those two games are going to be completely different. Like, I think you know, Alabama and Michigan is going to be a really hard-fought battle in the trenches. But um, 
the Washington uh, Texas game, I think it's going to be up and down the field. I think that'll definitely be the more entertaining of the two games. As I uh, pivot to towards a possible national championship, uh, you know, we you're you're free to change your pick after you see the semifinals. But Alabama Washington in a potential hypothetical title game in Houston, who do you like there? I like Alabama. I just I I like Alabama's experience in this situation. Now, obviously, Washington would have won a game to get there, and Washington's really good. These are four really good teams. And, in fact, any of the top eight would be capable of winning this playoff if you had a big enough playoff to include all of them. As far as I'm concerned, Ohio State, Georgia, Oregon, all of those teams are good enough to win a playoff. We had a 12-team playoff this year. It would be lit because you've got eight teams that could legitimately win it. But we don't. Um, but I think uh, I like Alabama. I, I like their experience in this situation. They're a good defensive team. Uh, they can be an explosive offensive team, so they're similar because uh, Washington is the same kind of a team. But you know, I just this is a this is a game that Alabama knows how to win. Give me an idea of what you think has happened because I know there's some other years where we've looked at the at the playoff and we've gone, gosh, this is. Georgia's tournament to lose. You know, it could be Georgia, it could be Ohio State, it could be Alabama, it could be LSU. There, there hasn't been that depth. Why are we getting some parity and depth to the field? Uh, just one of those years. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, that's the thing about sports is that you know, seasons live in their own vacuum. You know, this year we had a really glorious year where the top eight teams were the top eight teams for the entirety of the college football playoff rankings until the, really the end. Um, and actually, it was still the top eight teams at the end, but the order was much more shuffled because you, you had these teams finally playing each other. We went into championship weekend with eight teams at the top, four undefeated, four with a loss. Of those four, three had lost to one of the other teams. So, you know, it, it, it was really... A, you know, a top eight and a gap to nine. And, you know, I hope we get this in the 12-team playoff era because it would be nice to have eight teams that are capable of winning a playoff if you have a big enough playoff to include them. This is the first time that that has happened in the college football playoff era. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, is our guest. The Cotton Bowl has got number seven, Ohio State, number nine, Missouri, You've mentioned it's going to be difficult to, uh, you know, kind of draw big conclusions. But, you know, as I go through the Peach Bowl with Ole Miss and Penn State and the Orange Bowl with Florida State, Georgia, and the Liberty Bowl with Liberty and Oregon, what's your must-watch New Year's Six game that's not a semifinal? Oh, Florida State and Georgia, for sure. It's, it's a battle of five and six, plus the, the team that really got screwed you know, with a chance to make a statement against the two-time defending champion. So that that is definitely the highlight game of those four. Um, I I think they're all good games. But, well, Oregon should crush Liberty if they show up ready to play. But otherwise, you know, these are these are all really good games. But that's the one where someone has a statement to make. Jerry, uh, the rest of the bowl season comes together. Notre Dame ends up in in uh, El Paso to play against uh, Oregon State in a Sun Bowl, and 
you know, it's an immediate sellout, and the Sun Bowl always takes care of the teams. Like, you know, it gets yeah, a bad rap. It's a great bowl. No, I've been to two of them. It's a, it's a great game and a great bowl. How does yeah, Notre I lo- Dame? I love that. I, how how does Notre Dame end up there? It, it did it come down to a lottery? You know what? Yeah, apparently so. Well, I guess Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame had checked three bowls off that they didn't want to go to because they'd been there before, and I think literally drew the name out of a hat. Man, the ACC was thrown for a loop when Florida State didn't make it, and now Louisville is out of the New Year's Six. Like, the ACC had made arrangements, you know, because these conferences do that in advance based on expected, you know, college football playoff rankings and things like that. And the ACC had been prepared for Louisville to be in the Orange Bowl and Florida State to be in the playoff. Well, you know, all of a sudden Louisville's available to the rest of the bowls, and now now they're scrambling. And Notre Dame is an ACC team for the bowl structure. And uh, so Notre Dame ends up in the Sun Bowl, which – I, Notre Dame, Oregon State's a really good game. I mean, uh, DJ, uh, I can't pronounce his last Uyengalele. name. Uyengalele. Yeah, Uyengalele. For you to yeah. say. I should, yeah. you know, I should be able to. I've been to Hawaii a few times. I should be yeah. able to pronounce that. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's not going to be there, right? He's in the transfer portal. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know, you know, that, and that's the thing about that game. It's like a regular season game between those two would be great. I don't know what we're going to get in the Sun Bowl, but that's a good bowl. Yeah, and you're going to get a new coaching staff at Oregon State. Then oh, yeah, uh, even the number two quarterback, Aiden Childs, is out. But Ben Gulbrinson, who started last year and went seven and one as a starter, will start that game. It looks like so. Gulbrinson yeah. has played the long game. He gets the bowl game. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see that. You you know you have news today with Charlie Baker coming out saying you know hey you know with this idea of fracturing. Major college football. I'm a purist. I think you're a purist as well. What What do you make of what's happening with college football? Yeah, it's it always has felt like that kind of thing was coming, where you know the bigger money schools might break off and turn into professional sports. Um, you know, just play the player salaries, give them benefits. Um, I wonder how many schools will choose that route. I mean, I, you can probably name 30 that will, but, you know, are, how many are really going to choose that route? Um, and then what about the others? You know, it's There's a lot of questions, more questions than answers for that sort of a thing. And it's not the kind of thing that's going to happen immediately because the, the, putting, putting something like that together is, is going to take a few years if it, if it passes at all. But it's an interesting proposal. Purdue will play a uh, road game next year at Oregon State. Are you coming out for the yeah. game? Yes, uh, that's the plan. Yeah, um, we, I've never been to Oregon. The whole state never been to Oregon. Oh my god! So um, I've, I've been to forty-seven, and Oregon's not one of them. So yes, we're playing. We're planning to go, and then I think next year Purdue plays at Oregon, and I will probably come to that too. I think. All right. Um, so I, yeah, here's so what I'm going to do. I'm looking forward. Looking forward to a visit at Reeser Stadium. Yeah, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, Reeser. Yeah, but here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to put together a visitor's guide just for you. And we're going to solicit input from our listeners, and we'll give you a list of places you need to see, places you need to eat, where you need to go. We'll have you totally covered. That would be much appreciated. We, uh, my wife and I, like to visit college campuses when we travel, uh, even if there's no game involved. We just, we really enjoy the college environment, so... 
Um, but yeah, any any help uh, on Oregon State and uh, and the surrounding area would definitely be welcome. Uh, it'll remind you a little bit, you know, because I I covered the Big Ten, you know that, and uh, I was out yeah. there covering Purdue, and it'll it's not unlike some of the Big Ten college towns. It's got that feel to it. So oh, I, would, I think I would expect yeah. that it is. Like, yeah, I, I would be surprised if it wasn't uh, a you know a, a good college town environment. Jerry Palm, you're the best. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, anytime. Thanks. There he goes. And the band is left the field, has left the field. Coming up, uh, our big splash. And we're going to visit with Brandon Huffman, 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Editor. He has been camping in the portal. What the heck is going on in there? We'll find out from Huffman at 4 We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.